Welcome to Sean White's Guide to Life. When you and I were first talking about this years after you'd already been through most of these horrible episodes, um, we were talking about your roommates. Uh, let me see here. Let me pull him up and look at my one of my novels here. Now, who was the guy who did the um, the church thing later on? That's Pee Weasel. All right. I would love to talk about him because he was the one that stole from you and said yes. that a robber came in. And if it wasn't for Chappie, I think I probably wouldn't have a podcast because I put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk yeah. a little bit about like How did that even come about? We've already talking about spoke about Eno. Uh, the other one, now, Pee Weasel, he was after chemo, so he was recuperating. So Pee Weasel, which is not his actual name, I, I don't want to say his real name because it's not appropriate, but Pee Weasel, he was facing uh, home, he's going to be homeless. And I had been friends with this guy since I was like 14 or 15 years old. And uh, I was like, you know what, man? You need a place to stay. I have a lot of extra space in my house. Uh, how about this? Uh, you help me keep the place straight and you make some meals. You know, it's very similar to what the other guy's deal was, except I drive and I'm, you know, was able-bodied at the time. And uh, it was just like, hey, keep the place clean and you can stay here for, for free. And sometimes you make me something to eat and we're solid. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, he was he was all down for it, of course. And um, so, you know, he moves in and uh, like he has this he has this beautiful, like giant dog. And it's like this super friendly dog. Um, unfortunately for the dog, it was not really well taken care of in the sense that, like, you know, wasn't real, really well groomed or, you know, taken care of in, in any capacity. So I was happy that the dog also had a, you know, a nice home to be in at that point. Um, but there was, um, so there was a time whenever he was, he was like, let's see. Whenever things started going kind of weird is I started noticing my things begin to disappear. Mm. And uh, since that you're friends with someone, it's like one of my best friends. I was like, you know, man, it can't be him. He would never steal from a friend. Uh, and, uh, then I started noticing some of my medicine disappearing and, and, uh, and this is medicine that I would use to help me not feel horrendous. Yeah. You know, these these were like pain relievers. They're not like, you know, your treatment stuff. <laughs> right. And, uh, in during this time, during, you know, the kid, you know, chemotherapy was bad, uh, but it got worse, uh, after chemo because, like when I went through chemo, the there was all these different things, like the 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 nausea and the my body feeling it's on fire and the hair stuff and uh, and also there was neuropathy, but the um, uh, the bad during chemo, but it got worse and continued to get worse afterwards. So it was like I could feel it like encroaching uh, all the way up my legs and all the way up my arms. It was scary, very very scary. And so this medicine helped me not feel as horrible with the neuropathy and some of the pain that was still associated with all the chemo and the surgery and stuff like that. And uh, so I started noticing that stuff disappearing. And then I started noticing some of my money disappearing. And uh, he would suddenly have stuff. And I'm like, uh, 
And I'm like, well, you know, maybe you just misplaced my money. You know, it's a fool, of course, you know, but whenever you have a friend that you've had so long, you, you're not going to think that they're, you know, taking anything from you. Well, uh, one day I end up, uh, I go and I get a massage. And while I'm at, uh, at the, the place getting a massage, I get a, a phone call and uh, it's him. It's Pee Weasel. And he's like, hey, dude, like, I don't know what you want me to do. Uh, we were robbed. And I'm like, we're robbed. He's like, yeah, do you want me to call the police? And I'm like, of course, call the police. He's like, well, I just didn't know if you wanted me to call the police. I'm like, call the police. So uh, I go, I'll drugs? be there. Oh, I don't know, man. Probably. I mean, nah. he was, you know, he was, he was taking my medicine, so I presume as much. Nah. And so I drive home, and I go in my house is just smashed. Like he, so my my TV was uh, uh, obliterated. I had this really nice sound system. Uh, he had smashed like all the all the speakers has been smashed in. All my um, all, all my furniture was flipped over. My bedroom was just destroyed. Um, and there was like, um, the back window was like ripped out and open and, um, and then my safe was missing and, uh, my, my Alienware, like high performance, uh, laptop was missing. My Xbox one was missing. Uh, all my jewelry was missing. Uh, I had like two other computers and they were missing. And, uh, and I had just an assortment of so much stuff, right? So much stuff was missing. And, uh, but what I found to be quite peculiar was all the power cords were still there. And I'm like, why didn't they take the power cords? Why would a thief leave behind the power cords? That doesn't make any sense to me. So the cops came in and they fingerprinted everything. And since that he was, you know, living there, there's no reason to really, you know, check for his prints. And, uh, whenever, you know, we go upstairs when the cops are there and he's like, he takes me into uh, this spare room that wasn't being used in the second floor. And he was like, hey, uh, he's like, maybe we should check in the attic. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we should check in the attic. And I'm like, the attic to get in there is hidden. If you don't, if you, if I didn't show you where it was, you would never know it was there. It's hidden in the back corner of a closet. And in order to get into it, you would have to have a ladder and you'd have to move stuff out of the way. And then you'd have to reach past uh, shelving and then like tiptoe on the top of a ladder after lifting stuff up and then getting into it. And I'm like, I, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, we could look at it, but like, it doesn't make any sense. And he's like, why anyone, why would there be anything in that space? And he's like, well, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't look. And I'm like, okay, so we don't look. And the police so were did, like. So he suggested it then and there. Let's check the attic. He did. Yeah, he checked it. He, that's what he suggested. But like I said, there's no reason. Why would you check the attic? For what? There's no, I don't store anything in the attic. And um, then uh, and then the, the cops were like, well, did uh, are you missing anything? And he's like, well, no, because I keep my dog in my room. So there's, you know, the, the robbers wouldn't have gone into my bedroom. And so that makes sense. I mean, a dog, you know, someone robbing is not going to go into um, a room where there's like a hundred, you know, 150 pound dog or something. They're not going to go in there. So that made sense. And then, you know, the police leave. And uh, that night he was telling me that uh, there was people. Oh, yeah. So 
before that. So later I'm in the in the in the garage and I see my safe and I'm like, oh shit, there's my safe. So uh, I go over to it and it's all you know it's all smashed up like it was hit with like a hammer or sledgehammer or something something to open it I don't know what it was and I'm like wow and mind you the safe it it was in a place where you had to know where it was in order to find it and uh, inside of my safe was like I had my my car title and it was ripped in half that doesn't really make any sense why would a robber rip my car title in half no they would they would take your car later on that's what i would do <laughs> and then be like this is mine uh, that's right and in there i had some of well since my medicine was disappearing mm-hmm. i started storing my medicine inside of my safe oh. and i found some medicine in my safe and i'm like well this doesn't make any sense they would a, a robber would have stolen this uh, and it looked like they just didn't notice it, I guess. The money was missing. There was a some bunch of money that was in there, and that was taken. So I take the medicine, and I set it down in the garage. And a part of me was like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with this medicine. And uh, so I set it down, and then, like, we go back in the house. We're doing other stuff. Well, later in the evening, uh, I go back into the garage, and the medicine is gone. But it's only uh, Pee Weasel and I are the only two people who's been in the house since the police has left. And I go, hey, where'd my medicine go? He's like, oh, what do you mean? I go, I set medicine down right here. And I know that you saw it. So did you, what did you see happen to it? He's like, oh, man, they must have came back when we weren't looking. <laughs> snuck into the garage and like took your medicine. I'm like, what? So you're telling me. That someone picked the deadbolt in the garage to get into the garage, knew exactly where I set the medicine. They knew something was there. They went back for a couple of pills, you know, a couple of pills in a bottle. He's like, "Yeah, man, that had to be it. I don't know other. I don't know what else it could possibly be." Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't. I don't know about this." And I'm like, "I got some pretty serious suspicions at that point." <laughs> and then later in the evening, he's like, "Oh man, I saw." He's like. I saw these people in the backyard. What did you have here? What do you have here? What could someone possibly want of yours? What do you have? What Like, someone knows that you have something. I'm like, uh, nothing. And uh, he's like, I, you know, I think you just, he's like, when you roll, and he goes, this is the weirdest statement. He goes, when you roll with criminals, you get, you get robbed. And I'm like, I roll with criminals? What do you, dude, I'm like, I, I'm on, you know, disability, and I hang out at home all day, and I'm in <laughs> constant pain. What criminals are you talking about? I are you talking about like the the like the neo hippies at the uh, coffee shop I hang out with? Those are criminals. I don't I don't know who you're even talking about. Mm. And so, and then he's, and then um, later that night, uh, he's like, he swears he sees someone outside with night vision goggles and. He's like, I'm going to go out and check it out. And so he takes his dog outside. And he's like, oh, I'll walk around in the dark with a flashlight. And he's gone for like 15 minutes. And then he comes back and he's like, man, there's like six guys out there. He, then they're, they're scooping your house and they got night vision goggles on. They're all in black. And when I flash the light on them, they ran. And I'm like, that's ludicrous. And it's the, the most, I said to him, I'm like, this is the most insane thing someone has ever said to me. Mm-hmm. There's like, why would anyone, why would anyone be, that's a lot of money. You spent so much, They, if that were the case, 
And this is exactly what I said to him. If someone wanted to rob me that much, they wouldn't spend more money than the value of the belongings inside of my house to rob me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. And so he said, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. This is just not believable. Yeah. Some cracked out dude is just going to rob me. You know, he's just going to come in and take my shit and rob me. He's not going to smash my TV. You know, it's a really nice, it's like a giant, really nice TV. They would have taken it off of the wall and taken it with them. They would have, t- you know, just like all the other stuff that they took. And so uh, this goes on for like, so that night I'm real suspicious. So I go. Now, this was uh, the same night as when the cops came, right? Yeah. Same night. So I go, well, you know, people, uh, so what's great. So if anyone opens up my computer and it's connected to a power source, or it will ping me and I'll know where it is. So that's great because if they take it to a pawn shop or if they take it to this place, mm-hmm. then I'll know and I'll be able to find it. And uh, at that point, then like the a couple of days go by and I'm like calling up different pawn shops. No one has anything. And one of the pawn shop guys gives me a heads up. He says, uh, he goes, now you said that they stole your computers, but left the cords behind. And I said, yeah. He goes, well, just so you know, we won't buy a computer if they don't have the cords with it. And I'm like, oh, and he goes, that's pretty much a universal truth. You got to have the cords if you're going to sell it. And then we, we get their information down and then if, if it does turn up, then and then we'll track them back to the person who sold it. And I'm like, well, that's good to know. And then, of course, I tell him about that. I say, oh, it's really good because, uh, you know, such and such, not having the cords. And if they did sell it to them, uh, since I've already spoke to every pawn shop in like the 30 miles of my house, uh, now they know. And they have the serial number and the cops have the serial numbers of all the stuff. So they're going to alert me right when that happens. Or close to it, whatever bureaucracy is going to make it happen. But nonetheless, it's enough to you know scare a would be thief. And um, and you're saying this to him, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Because there's so in terms of like surveillance, when you have cameras at your house or your business, you say, do you have the cameras there to scare or to to find someone? Yeah. And uh, I I think it's better to have them to scare to know that that it's there. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, they just kind of stroll in. And in this instance, you know, if he did steal my stuff, now he has fear of even messing with it. Mm-hmm. Because then it will blow his cover. He can't go anywhere. Now, this guy doesn't drive. Um, and and he would take the bus everywhere. The in which And the reason this guy doesn't drive is because he says he's blind. He's not blind. Uh, but he has lied to the government and every agency... And he cons everyone. So, like, he says that he is blind so that he can pick up a blind pension and get, hmm. like, insurance and all this other stuff. Hmm. Did you? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a. Guy. Yeah, he walks around with a cane. I have a brother who's actually blind. So it's hmm. pretty damn offensive whenever he's like, I'm blind. I'm like, you're not blind, dude. Like, I see you read books. I see, I've seen him drive cars. It's like it's just and and the and he also lies about being a doctor as well. Oh, you know he's a you know pretty pretty good guy. <laughs> but uh, so he's a stand-up guy. <laughs> he is a stand-up human being. Uh, and 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 you would say, well, Sean, why are you friends with this guy? 
Well, during like that time of your life, when you're a kid, uh, you end up liking people. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you become an adult, you develop these, these uh, well, some people develop abilities to be like, all right, you're a crap person. You can't, can't come in my life. Mm-hmm. Some people get grandfather clause in. Eno got grandfather clause in, and so did Pee Weasel. So, mm-hmm. like, you give them, like, you're kind of, you, you kind of get, give them a pass because, you know, whenever you have, when you love someone, you, you don't always, comp- you don't properly assess them like you should be assessing them. Like you would assess a stranger. You give them passes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, well, they're just, they just have problems. But they're all around an okay guy. Sure, sure, he lies about being a doctor. Who cares? He's a, you know, habitual liar. That's just, but he's all around a good guy, you know. And you give people passes like that. But the nature of that is, is there's a certain point where, like, you got to ask yourself, at what point do you draw the line with the passes mm-hmm. that you give someone? Yeah. And and it, with him, he just kept, you know, like, he, we'd been, I, we're such good friends. I was like, well, you know, he's a... He's an okay guy. I mean, so you ignore the fact that he's a piece of shit. And uh, so some time goes by, and then I'm talking to my other friend, and I'm like, look, I think that Pee Weasel robbed me, and I would like a witness there whenever I confront him. And since that you are like his other best friend, what better person than you? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't really want to get involved, but I go, dude, I really need you. I really need for you to be there. And he's like, okay. So he shows that he comes over and I confront Pee Weasel and I asked him straight up, you know, did you rob me? And he's like, um, uh, and he's like, and he's like, no. And I go, dude. And he's like, well, I found the things that were stolen. I'm like, you, you, excuse me? He's like, I found the things that were stolen. Like, you found them? When did you find them? He's like, I found them this morning. Mm. And at this point, it was like 2 p.m. I'm like, if you found them this morning, why didn't you tell me this morning? He's like, I didn't want you to be angry at me. Like, why would I be angry that you found thousands of dollars of my belongings, some of which are cannot where be replaced? Where did you find them at? In the, the attic? Yeah, that's where it was. Mm, where he stashed them. That's right. So, And he wanted me to believe at that point. That thieves broke into my house, smashed everything on the inside, then took all my jewelry and my uh, and my and my medicine and um, and my all my computers uh, and uh, took them upstairs into this place that no one knows where it is. You'd have to live here to find it. Move things out of the way in the closet. Go into the garage to get the ladder, bring it up to the second floor, then climb up the ladder and stand on your tippy toes in order to get inside of the attic, and then delicately place all of my belongings on top of the insulation so that they could, in the future, come back and rob me again without me knowing. Mm-hmm. That's pure insanity. Yeah. And I'm like, this is bullshit. You robbed me, dude. You robbed me. And like, why did you do this? And he's like, I didn't do it. And I'm like, I was like, uh, at that point, I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of my house. And uh, he's, and I go, I'll tell you what, like, um, like I'll look, like, and I was real nice with him, like, get your belongings and go. And I understand that you, like, and I'll look after your, you know, your, your dog, dog for tonight. Yep. 
until you secure a space and then you take your dog and you go. Uh, and then uh, he's like, no, I'll take my dog. I'm like, okay. And so he took his dog and he got some of his belongings. Now, whenever I went into this dude's bedroom, whenever I walked in, holy crap, dude. Now, there's some details that, that I didn't mention in the beginning. One of which, whenever I would go up, knock on his door and talk, I never go in, like, this is your space. I'm not going to go in your room. So anytime he answered the door, he would always crack it a little bit and stick his head out. Mm. And all the times that I saw him, he'd always run his humidifier all the time. Mm. And uh, so finally, when I went up into his bedroom, there was like mold everywhere. Mm. He had his humidifier rigged so it would never stop running. Uh, He had like, you know, plants all over the walls. It was weird as hell. But the big kicker, and this is why his name is Pee Weasel. It's because he was urinating inside of two liter bottles and little water bottles and then holding on to it. He's like the poor man's Howard Hughes. His entire closet was filled with urine. It was just bottles and bottles and bottles of urine. What the fuck? Like we're talking dozens of bottles of urine, dude. Like if this was like a rare commodity, he would would dominate the market. Now, the more interesting fact here is – from the exit of his bedroom, he could fall into the bathroom. He could fall into it. So it's not like he had to run from the basement all the way up to the second floor, or there was no, you know, mm. or he was suffering and there was no restroom. It was like a willful act. It was a choice to urinate and store and hold on to his urine bottles. Ugh, and so between the, he, he, the damage that he had caused was in the thousands of dollars that I had to spend in order to fix the mold that he had created in, in, in that bedroom. Mm. Uh, and then, like, I filled up an entire, like, it was an entire a trash can, those big trash cans filled with the urine bottles uh. that I found in his closet. Pretty gross stuff, man. Any of them break open? <laughs> no. That's good. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I find some of my own medicine and stuff like that up in oh, his Oh, shocker. Yeah. Now, um, didn't you have cougarams too? I think you told me that. I don't know if we, if you, if I missed it while you were talking, but you, you had the point of the story is maybe I shouldn't have said that on air. I'm sorry, but (laughs) the point of the story is the safe had like the big stuff in, and the reason why I bring that back to that is that was the thing you found outside. Do you think that could have been like the first thing he went after? And then so the what rest I th- was. So what he did was what I think was he wanted my medicine. And uh, once he was unable to just walk in my bedroom and get it, uh, and he realized that I was putting it in my safe, he got pissed. He wanted what he wanted, what my stuff. And he was angry. Mm-hmm. I wasn't giving him the medicine I needed to live a quality life. And I think that he went into the room, got pissed off. And he's like, this is mine. I deserve to have this. And he took it into the garage and then smashed it. And it did whatever he did, had to do in order to get into it. Hours and hours and hours. Now, mind you, there's another detail to this I forgot. So the cops asked him, where was he when we were robbed? And he's like, oh, I had walked, left the house to walk to the gas station. And he wanted he wanted the cops to believe that someone had memorized his pattern and they had you seize the opportunity to rob me within like that uh, mm. twenty minute period of time, which isn't just simply unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so many factors there, but yeah. So I think he smashed that 
because he was angry because I wouldn't let him have my medicine. And then once he smashed it, he saw that there was like, he had to create a believable uh, cover. And so that's whenever he smashed the living room up. And then he's like, now he's got to make it look like it was a robbery. So he stole my stuff or hid it in the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, then he was like, turned after like, you know, he showed me the stuff, you know, it was like my own friends, my other friends, like, dude, like you just, you just told us that you stole from him and mm-hmm. uh, he still, you know, still denies it. But uh, mm. after the, um, after, kicking him out the dude ended up like living in the woods for like a year and a half and then uh eventually moving to like from what i understand some other place in oklahoma and then like moved into this other house and then from what i understand from my other friend uh he then turned that into like a mold haven as well uh because apparently it was all moldy and stuff in there as well he's like the mold king the dude loves like mold and um i don't know maybe it's his superpower I mean, the dude thinks he's immortal. Maybe he thinks that uh, uh, the as a, as the mold king, it keeps him alive. Yeah, he thinks he's been around for like it's so weird, dude. Such a such a weird guy. But you know, like I said, when you're kids and someone says they're like telling you that they're immortal or whatever, you're just like, yeah, you're just being a jackhole. You know, whatever. You're just a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, but whenever grown men are doing stuff that is just bizarre, you know, it takes something significant to you for you to reanalyze and then say, wait a minute, maybe this guy is a monster. Yep. He's a monster. You got to get rid of him. At least get rid of him out of your life. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. All this has happened to you. Very, like when I when when you were telling me this, you know, a while back, I wanted to punch this guy. So I was just like, "Where's he at?" And then later on, I get a phone call from you where you tell me that he is doing some kind of evangelistic work or making a new church or something. Yeah, so he's he's like a follower of the I think what is it called like the the Dudist Church I think is what is his religion allegedly is, and uh, since he was broke, I can only assume that he was like you know what I'll con some people out of their money, so uh, he ends up like uh, creating this this fundraiser so he can create a temple or something, and. Uh, yeah, I mean his his own his, you know his own intentions is still everyone's money. Mm-hmm. I think he also did another one for like suicide awareness, in which I think that from was what the it looks like, he, yeah, that was the one you first contacted me about. That was it because I was so livid at that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So the dude's trying to scam people uh, over like you know, trying to take money from people who actually want to help other people who probably had people kill themselves in their own life and, uh, you know, wants to take their money and wants to scam people over their, you know, religious yeah. practices. So, listeners, yeah. um, this this is where this kind of got... So, Sean called and told me this, right? I got on people who I didn't know that were gamers that I know would be, you know, pretty you know, opinionated on these things. So I got him on the show. Sean was there. We started putting this guy on blast, looking up all his stuff. Now here's where the creepy part went. These guys who uh, were the gamer guys pulled up everything on this individual to his, his uh, social security number, everything to where even I was like, wait, how did, how did you get that that fast? Wait, what's going on? And the, the, 
the episode kind of took a turn for the worst where they were starting to say his information on the air. So, but I was still mad at what happened to, you know, Sean. So I was like, yeah, let's get him. I edited the show. I bleeped out those things, obviously. And I threw it up online. And Chappie, who used to be a, a you know major co-host of the show back in the day, now she does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, she pulled it down off the internet and then proceeded to call me and tell me why I can't have this on there. So hats off to Chappie because that was pure emotion that I did a show on, which, yeah, it's not really a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see any harm coming to the dude. I mean, he's a piece of crap, but like... The nature of his personality will create his own horror, just like Eno. I mean, the guy will continue to create his own horror, mm-hmm. uh, being that they're abusers, chronic abusers and and, and career victims. Uh, so, you know, they create their own hell. I don't want to talk to the guy. I don't want the guy to be, uh, yeah. you know, any of that because it's not cool. Uh, it's not, not a right thing to do, no matter how uh, horrible he had treated me. Um, you know, there's still an opportunity for people to find redemption. They're just not going to get it from me. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, want to see them an additional harm come to them. They did bad, but, um, you know, the world, there's already so many, so much venom in the world. I don't want to contribute to it. (laughs) 